0: I'd like you to take God's word, and let's go to the 119th Psalm, Psalm 119, and find the ninth verse, please. Psalm 119 and verse 9. Psalm 119, verse 9. I'll have you stand for the reading God's word. to give you a little movement there. Psalm 119 and verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking he thereto according to thy word, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Father, you know how uh, I need your help this morning on so many levels. Lord, I pray you strengthen me. You have put something on my heart, and I pray that you help me to communicate it uh, and be clear in that which you want these students that you love so much to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. So we've just come off of a, a tremendous week, a great week of revival, and uh, we were confronted with the Word of God. In just about everybody I've talked to, students and staff and faculty life, God worked in all of our hearts. He did a great work, and you know, all of us, and of course, when God's Word is given, you know, He will work in our hearts. And we responded to that, and the Holy Spirit searched our hearts. He showed us our sin. We confessed. We made things right. We got forgiveness. We were broken. And you know what? To be clean and right with God is a place that's a place of real freedom. It's liberating to be there. My heart's desire for you this morning is that you'll stay there. A lot of times when I was a youth pastor, kids would say to me, Pastor, <clears throat> I don't want to go to camp. Why? Well, I'll make some big big decision, you know, Lord, and I'll make a big decision, and then uh, I won't follow through. And then sometimes uh, young people and teens would go to camp with me, and sure enough, the Lord would work in their heart, and a great decision was made, and sin was confessed, and then they'd come back in a, a few weeks to see me, and they'll say, well, um, it didn't last. It didn't last. And you know what I did? I would remind them and say, listen, the decision you made was not an end point. It was not a point in time. It's a beginning. It's a beginning. What happened to you last week shouldn't be a point in time, and, and you just had a mountaintop, and you say, well, I can't wait to the next mountain. That's not the way it should be. And so you should be moving forward in your Christian life. And I tell them, I, I would tell them, I said, what you got you there will keep you there. And what got you to that place of real freedom and 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 uh, and joy in the Lord was you're humbling yourself, you're confessing your sin, and you're getting right with God, and getting right into His presence. And that has to be an ongoing thing as a believer. And there's no need for you to uh, lose it, or to say, "Well, it's gone." No, this what happened last week should just be. A building stone or a foundation, or just a beginning for you, and so um, so if you think you can move forward, not staying in god 's presence, not staying close to God, um, you 're mistaken you're mistaken, and the key to that the key to that is god 's word it is god 's word, and um, sometimes we minimize that. Uh, i don 't know if you remember this, or not pastor or not, but one time we went down to Johnson and Wales. Carl Gugamas was in our church, and he was an instructor. that was a culinary uh, school, and they taught people how to be chefs and professional chefs, and sometimes they would invite people down there. Uh, to have one of their meals, and that was really a treat because it was like one of those several course meals. You know, they did serve you. You could barely get uh, your drink empty, and somebody's come pouring more water in there, and and they come in, you finish a plate, they take one plate, bring another. That was really cool. That was a neat thing. What would you think? Of course, there were students. It was a college. that They were um, uh, training to be those, and so um, what would you think? And the students sometimes would sit at the meal and you know, that were prepared by other students. That's how they learn. And say they were going to have one of those meals, and there were several courses, and they said, you know, we want you, all you that are not preparing the meal, you need to be there, and you can, um, you can partake of this meal. It's going to have several courses. And one guy says, I don't have time to do that. I'm too busy reading a book on how to make food to eat the food what? Yeah, you can do that later. You can, you can, this is a great time. You need to come and you can learn from this and, and see how it's prepared. I don't have time for that. I'm too busy studying about how to make food. I don't have time to, to look at it and partake of it. Uh, I'm not going to do that. That sounds foolish, doesn't it? Almost sounds like a Bible college. I don't have time to meet with God and, and read His Word because I'm too busy studying about God. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. And one of the challenges uh, that, that we have tried to put before you this year, and I've heard it in different speakers, is your, the importance of God's Word in your life. Two, thing, two statements have really profoundly impacted me this year in chapel. One was by Dr. Bill. I don't know if he may not even remember this. He, I think he just made it off the cuff. And he was talking about his own personal Bible reading, how it had taken on a new dimension. And a richer and a fuller meaning. And that just really, that really impacted me. And I said, you know, and I see in him the importance of God's word. And that just really struck my heart. And then the chapel before uh, Christmas break when Dr. Comfort spoke. And he talked about how precious God's word was to him. Remember he said, no, no Bible, no breakfast. And he talked about how precious the scripture was. No wonder God uses these two men. And how precious is God's word to us and and how important it is to us. I used to think that the primary motivator uh, for me getting in God's word was my devotion. In fact, sometimes we call it our our devotions. And that is a good motivator. Uh, My love for Christ, because I want to get into it, because I love God, And God, of course, is the author of the book, and and since I love him, I love his word. and And that is a good motivator. But you know what? I have another one, too. It's desperation. I need him. I need God's word. I need God's word. Yeah, I want to read because I love him, but I need it. I need it for my life, my heart, my soul. And I'll tell you what, many times that's what gets me out of the bed. You say, well, you don't know I have a 7 o'clock class. Well, so do I. Okay, <laughs> so do I. And uh, I have to get up early just like you. So if, if you're going to whine about that, you need to just find somebody else. It won't work with me. <laughs> and so, but you know what, I, I, I have my, my morning routine. I've got it almost to the minute because I know what I need but it's desperation. I need God's word. Now I want it because I love him, but I need it. And it's that desperation. So I want to just leave you a few thoughts from this passage uh, this morning that I want, to, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. I want to exhort you. Whatever word you can think of, I want to do to you to get in God's word. Not just to, don't let this book become your textbook. Only. This book needs to be uh, the living word of God. It needs to be alive in your life. So there's a, there, there are a few words here that I want to leave you with this morning. What is the, the word apply? The word apply. Look at verse 9. Whitherwithal shall young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to thy word? Uh, desperation takes me to God's word because I need God's word for my life. We struggle with our old nature. We struggle with sin. And I so appreciate what Brother Clark said, you know. My humanity is real. I'm more human than I want to be. And so I need the Word of God to to be where I want to be, where my spirit wants me to be. And I I have to have that. And the the psalmist, is not just for young men, it's for all of us. But, you know, every season of life has this it's challenges spiritually, but you had one unique to your age. And you need to recognize that. You need to recognize the importance of God's word and that and that attack and the attack on the flesh. And and there's so many struggles that we can have. And we talked about all the the issues last week. Brother Clark did very very clearly. And so um we need to we need to be in the word in order to have that clean life, that life that's pure and and holy and righteous. And so, um, and so many believers just don't read God's word. Uh, <clears throat> when I was pastoring, I'd like to take people out, particularly men, and I'd talk to them. And one of the first things I would, you know, and after we talked a while, I would ask them about their time in the word. Most of the time, I would say 90% of the time, there is no time in the word. And you know what? You know I found else to be true? I find that to be true of a lot of students in our school. There's no personal time in God's Word. And that's, that is, that's tragic. And that will catch up with you. And so you have to be there. Some people say, well, you just don't understand. Um, I, I don't have time. I, I have my studies, I'm working, and I just don't have time. Really? Really? Let me illustrate just for a minute. Let's let's say, for instance, I had I came into some money, and uh, <clears throat> I want to help somebody out here at school. So I have one thousand. Let's see, what do I have? One thousand four hundred and forty dollars. One thousand four hundred forty dollars. Now I want to give. Let's say I want to give it to a student here in the auditorium. Not just today. I want to give you that amount of money every day of your life. One thousand. $440. Would anybody be interested in a deal like that? Nobody's in it. Raise your hand. Would you be interested in that? I think it's almost here. Wait, there's a catch, though. There's a catch. There's some strings attached. Out of that $1,440, you have to every day take $20 out of that money and buy something for me or do something for me. You can take me out to eat, um, you can buy me a present, and you might, and so would you still be interested? If you had to give $20 out of that $1,440, uh, would you still be interested, even though you'd have to give me $20, would, that still, would you still be interested in that? Okay, good. Now, I many people say, are you kidding, $20? And they say, that's nothing. $1, 000, man, I could pay my school bill and probably everybody else's too. <laughs> and you think, man, this is great. I'd love to do that. Well, uh, that's, this is an illustration. <laughs> uh, the truth is I don't have that money. <laughs> but I do have another gift to talk to you about. You know, God has given you 1,440 minutes every day. So out of those 1,000, let's say, for instance, 20 minutes. 20 minutes out of that 1,440 minutes do you think that's too much to ask? I don't think so. Say, wow. That makes me feel bad. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying to I'm trying to help you and challenge you and to get perspective. And you know what? If you use that excuse, <clears throat> I don't have time, you'll be using that excuse in your ministry. You will. When I was in college, I used to think, "Oh, I'll be so glad when I get out of college because I won't have to get up early, I won't have to get, you know, I won't have to go and stay up late." Well, that was a myth. <laughs> that didn't happen. That never happened. Now I'm probably getting up earlier uh, than I did in college, except when I was working. And so, um, you know, you gotta you've got to determine what really is important to you. And make make that happen. And some some people say, you know, you know, I'm not really a good reader. I don't like reading. Well, that's that's a lame excuse, because your love for the author should prompt you to read, and your desperation to have the truth should cause you to read. I think I told one of my classes when I was in college. We communicated with the girls through notes. We had a note system. It, this sounds sort of crazy now that I talk about it, but when I lived there, it was sort of cool. And you, you would write notes, and it was really neat because you never had to ask a girl in, to her face for a date. You could write a note and send it, and uh, that was really good for me because I was sort of introverted. And you'd send the <laughs> send note, and she could reply. Usually they would say yes the first time, but after that, you're on your own. But anyway, she'd send the answer back. And, uh, <clears throat> and so people that were... Uh, Serious about each other. I don't know what you call it now. Some people call it going steady. Some people call it friending. Some people, I don't know what, whatever that you call it, they were doing it and they were serious and so the letters got longer. You know, more pages. You know, they had just seen each other. They just saw each other at lunch. I mean, they had lunch together so between lunch and the time the notes went out, they had a lot to write. Okay? there's probably a lot of adjectives and things in there, but... Um, <laughs> But they would go on and on and on. I watched, guys, and I had, you know, we had roommates, there were five of us in every room, so you know, there were a lot of people in there. And they would bring that letter in. They would read it and read it again and read it again. And, read, and I would say, how many times are you going to read that letter? It doesn't change. It says the same thing every time you read it. I know. That oh brother, <laughs> you don't know. You know what she says in here? I really don't want to know. <laughs> she says, "I love you." <sighs> Let me read that again. You already read it. You've already read it four times. <clears throat> never once, never once that I have to say. One of my roommates, you know, and they would just throw the notes out on the floor, and you just sort of scramble and pick the one up from your girlfriend, I never once did I have to say, you know, there's a note out there from your girlfriend. You know, I don't have time. I'm I'm really busy. You know, I have work to do, and and I have studies to do, and I don't have time. That never happened. And they, they always picked them up. They were there waiting for those letters to be dumped on the floor. Why, they cared about the person who wrote the letter. say what you will, when you neglect this book and because you're reading it because you want to, and you neglect this book that says something about your love for him. And so that word needs to be taken and needs to be applied to your life. And so there, there is that uh, applying, and then then there's some asking. Look in verse 10. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. And that's the desperation. I talked about desperation to get in God's word. I've sought it with all my heart. Why? I need him. I'm not fooling around here. I'm not playing. I need you. And I'm here. And I know every day is not as intense. I understand that. But the need is there every day for him. And the psalmist says, I'm coming after you with all my heart. I'm seeking you. And one of the ways you seek him is you get in, into his word, holding nothing back. This is more important than anything. And, and you've, you've got to have that heart, young people. You know, and Brother Bill, you may have run across this. I've been talking with preachers, met with preachers, and they're preachers, and they'll say, pray for me. I don't have my own personal Bible study. And I'm going, wow, how do you survive? In fact, I'm surprised how many times I see that. I was in grad school and <clears throat> I had a roommate and there was just two of us in the room and his Bible never moved except when we went to church. He, did, he wasn't in Bible. He was in education, so he didn't, have to take, he didn't take his Bible class. He never moved. And I thought, wow, what is going on here? And I guess my biggest concern is that you, you establish that pattern now and you take it into your ministry. And there are people in ministry who do that. And sooner or later it catches up with them and and it impacts their ministry because they just end up doing things in the the flesh. You need to be in God's Word. One of the reasons is to know Him and and to to see Him, the author of the book. And so uh, He has that supplication. And so he said, I, with my whole heart I've sought you. Don't let me wander from your commandments. Well, you, you're not going to wander if you don't know them. You're not being there. You didn't ever left. And so you need to know the word of God. And so he, he realizes without him he can't do nothing. He can't do anything. He's so dependent upon God's word. And so is that your heart? You say, I'm seeking you this morning. And you say, I don't don't have time. I want to challenge you to take 10 minutes. Just, Just, you say, 10 minutes is not very much. I know, but it's better than zero minutes. Start with 10 minutes or five minutes. And start coming to God and say, you know, I do need you. I want you. You say, I may have to get up five minutes early. Then do it. Then do it. And uh, the reward is great. The reward is great. And my, my encouragement to you is to begin the day doing that. Now, I know sometimes you couldn't. Like, I had a job when I was on campus. I got up at 3.30 in the morning, and so I had to wait. But when we got off, I worked in the dining common. And when we got off work, I worked there with a friend. We would leave there, and we went to the prayer room in our dorm, and there we we just got on our face before God. But you need to make that important in your life. And then arm yourself. Look at verse 11. By word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. There's where the desperation comes in. Um, and This hiding word, God's word in your heart, I think it goes beyond memorization. Because you can memorize God's word and it not impact you. I mean, you can get in your head. I heard when I was in grad school, um, one of my professors told me about this guy. He had memorized the book of James, and he was going through it on his way to have an affair with this woman. I'm like, How in the world can you do that? Because it was in his head, never got in his heart. And so the psalmist here, when he says, when he's talking about, Thy word have I hid in my heart, I think it's not just in your head, it's in your heart. This book's for your heart. And so you need to get into it so you can get it into your heart. Because out of the heart flow the issues of life. And that word needs to get into my heart. Why? So I won't sin against thee. We're talking about in one of our classes today about not grieving the Holy Spirit through our sin. The more you love him, The more time you spend with him, sin becomes a bigger deal. becomes a big deal because you know you don't want to hurt someone you love. Young people, there are no shortcuts to godly living. There are no shortcuts. Uh, Getting in God's word is not nice. It's necessary. It is necessary that you do that. And he said, "I don't want to sin. I don't, I don't. I don't want to grieve you. I don't want. I want to do what's right." And he had that passion. Had that passion. I was reading about George Miller. Uh, of course, George Miller was a great man of faith. Uh, he's mainly known for the orphanages that he had, and and the faith that he had. But that just didn't happen. What's not talked a lot about is the is the commitment he had to the reading of God's word. So you trace the steps backwards and you'll find that this man was in the word of God faithfully. And that's where I need to be. I have uh, some excerpts here from his diary. He said, um, he was talking about how he read the Bible through 100 times and every time he, he enjoyed it more and more. And he said, I look upon it as a lost day when I have not a good time over the Word of God. F- friends often say, I have so much to do, so many people to see, I cannot find time for scripture study. Perhaps there, there are not many who have more than I did. For more than half a century, I I've, I've no, have not known one day that I had not more business than I could get through. For four years, I have annually about 30,000 letters. Most of these I have passed through my own hands. And then as pastor of a church of 1,200 believers, great has been my care. Besides, I've had charge of five immense orphanages also at my publishing depot, the printing and circulation of many of tracts, books, and Bibles. But I have always made it a rule never to begin work until I've had a good season with God and His Word. The blessing I've received has been wonderful. (laughs) You're here to serve, train for serving God. I believe that's the heartbeat of it, almost everyone here. I, I really do. That's one of the blessings of being here. I just, I just love being among you and your passion for service. Well, I want to tell you something. You're not going to be able to serve God effectively and faithfully if you don't get in God's Word. You can't. You can't do it. And... You know, we think of winning the souls and preaching the messages. It starts, though, in your time in the book. And if you can't get in God's Word, you can't serve Him, nor will you. You'll just become a hireling, and you'll just be doing things in the flesh. And as has been said many times in, in the chapel, what you're doing now is what you will be doing. You know, you don't become a different person when we hand your diploma to you. And so my my passion appeal to you today, young people, is this. Don't let what happened last week fall by the wayside. Build on it. And the way you're going to build on it, in fact, the only way you're going to build on it is getting God's word. Already since that time, some of you have already neglected God's word. You need to back up and punt again. You need to make that right. You need to commit yourself today to say, you know what? I am going to get in God's word. The Lord laid something on my heart this year. I, I said, you know what? I, I get up, I spend time in God's word, but the Lord said, you know what? I want you getting my word in, the, in other parts of the day too, not just for studying and teaching classes. I want you to end the day with my word. Okay, I can do that. So I want to encourage you today, to, if you're not there, if you are there, I want you to, I want to encourage you to commit yourself. You know, Lord, I'm going to be faithful. There are days that you won't feel the greatest. There are days that you're tired. But the need's still there. Mm-hmm. This need's still there. Let's pray together. Father, help us. Help us to be honest before you, uh, to be transparent, to be on, To honest, sensitive to what you're saying. Lord, this is so critical that we get ourselves positioned in your word. May these young people be tender toward that now in Jesus' name. Amen.